Now for the weather. The combined effects of a tropical depression and the northeast monsoon have brought rain to greater Taipei and the northeastern regions over the weekend. However, the Central Weather Bureau says the rain will gradually taper off and the mercury will begin to drop overnight. Let's hear from the CWB. During the night, the northeast monsoon will begin to pick up and moisture in the air will slowly decrease. The deeper into the night, the colder it will be, especially in the northern and northeastern regions. On Monday, Tuesday and even early Wednesday morning, the low temperatures in the north and northeast will be around 18 to 20 degrees. The high temperatures will only reach 22 or 23 degrees during the day. In the central and southern regions, temperatures will still be 29 to 30 degrees during the day, but it will be cooler at night. The rain may be tapering off, but the temperature swing between night and day could be as great as 10 degrees or more. So remember to put on a jacket if you're heading outside before dawn or after dark. 30 years ago, an American researcher brought millet seeds from Taiwan to a food bank in the U.S. Now, Taiwanese researcher Guo Huaren has brought those seeds back home as part of the efforts to ensure a diverse food supply. The seeds' return was met with great fanfare, but there is concern that excitement could fizzle out since millet is not a lucrative crop in Taiwan and there is little motivation to grow it. Guo and others hope to find ways to add value to the crop to ensure it survives. Here's our Sunday special report. It's early morning in Nanto's Kalibuan village, and Chen Zhonghe and his family are busy laying their harvest of millet out to dry. The sound of cicadas in the air serves as the symphony of the harvest season. Just as rice is a staple around Asia, millet once served as a staple crop for many of Taiwan's indigenous peoples. Seasons and festivals throughout the year revolved around this mighty crop. There are actually many varieties of millet. Some varieties are specifically used at festivals. The alcoholic drinks made from millet also come in different varieties. The sweet variety can be drunk by men, women, young and old alike. There's also a sour variety that only strong men drink, and there's a green variety of millet that may have some medicinal uses. In the 1960s, there were as many as 160 types of millet grown in Taiwan, which were grown over a combined 6,700 hectares of farmland. Today, only a few varieties remain, and in total, only 120 hectares are used to grow millet in Taiwan. Many types of millet are now lost, reducing genetic diversity. Researchers are worried that this loss will impact Taiwan's ability to deal with climate change. It has a very important job as part of efforts to resist climate change. The varieties of millet we have now lack some special characteristics. Gene banks hold plant varieties that are resistant to heat, cold, drought, floods, insects and other disasters. 
the more diverse the contents of gene banks are, the more resilient future food supplies will be in the face of climate change. Toward this end, Taiwanese food growers hope to recover older varieties of millet. Hey, 出来了一百批，呃，这是九七七年六月二十六号采集的，呃，这个是 Fog 博士他去。In the 1970s, American researcher Wayne Fogg visited Taiwan while studying the domestication of grain crops in Asia. Fogg took seed samples from 96 varieties of millet to a seed bank in the U.S., making it the largest single collection of the varieties in the world. 乌鸦或者这个黑色的意思，因为呃这个品种它的颜色是黑的。In 2011, National Taiwan University professor Guo Huaren became aware of this seed bank in the process of his research and learned about the seeds taken by fog. Dear manager, I acknowledge that the NGRL maintains uh, 100 associations of seed. Guo wrote to the seed bank, and a few months later, these millet seeds crossed the sea again after 30 years. I opened one of the containers and thought, "Wow, there's 200 seeds in here. For each variety, there were 200 seeds. They fit in the palm of my hand. There were so few of them. I split them in two halves." Sending one half to the Council of Agriculture's Seed Research Center to reproduce them and put samples in permanent storage. Then I asked Dr. Runguju Pachakali to bring the remaining half to 12 different indigenous communities. Runguju Pachakali, who was previously Guohuaren's student, is Rukai. He retraced Fogg's steps to return the 96 seed varieties to indigenous villages and witness them be sown in the fields from which they once came. However, after this millet made the trip home, it didn't continue to thrive there. For example, there was a couple in Lixing village in Nanto's Renai township who planted the millet next to their home. When it was time to harvest it, they invited elementary school students and the village's elderly to join in. It was a very lively scene. However, later on. They didn't continue to grow that millet. That's because millet is no longer part of the community's diet, and there are imported millet options anyway. The price of imported millet is just one fifth of that of Taiwanese millet, and indigenous communities no longer eat the grain as a diet staple. There is also no financial motivation for communities to grow millet, as it is not an economically lucrative crop. 这边可收用的土地其实。There is not much usable land here, so when more economical crops emerged, people switched to growing those. They switched to growing tomatoes, green peppers, cabbage, and even string beans. These crops can be more quickly sold. The millet seed's journey home is a touching story, but reality is far less romantic. The question now is whether these crops are fated to disappear once again. In March, the National Taiwan University decided to grow 28 of the millet varieties saved by fog in its experimental forest in Nanto County. 
We have a co-prosperity plan at NTU's Experimental Forest. We hope that as part of the local community, we can fulfill the university's social responsibilities while cooperating with the financial institution that helps fund us. We have planted about half a hectare of the millet seeds in our nursery and in Dongpu in the Xingyi Township. We think of this not as part of our job, but rather as an important mission. Four months later, Chen and his family, who are the only ones near the experimental forest with experience growing millet, came by to help the NTU researchers harvest the crop. After the harvest, researchers tagged each of the 28 varieties of millet with a serial number for the records. We look at how well each variety grows, so we can select the type most suited to this growing region. Compared with 10 years ago when the millet was first brought home to Taiwan, conditions for the crop are much better now thanks to NTU researchers' findings, as well as interest among younger farmers in growing it. Xingyi Township's Jiumei Elementary School has roughly 50 students from local Zhou and Buneng communities. The school has developed a course to teach these students how to grow millet, so they can understand how their ancestors lived. It hopes that through the course, the students will gain a respect for nature. Maybe for some people, learning how to grow millet would be a lesson in farming. However, for these children, it is a lesson in cultural heritage. We notice that kids come out of the lessons with greater self-confidence because they learn where they come from. They know that this process of growing millet contains within it a great deal of philosophical meaning and a great deal of knowledge. 2022 was a year of great effort, with the NTU Experimental Forest planting the millet seeds, companies providing financial support, and an elementary school teaching classes on growing the crop. To prevent these efforts from going to waste, the Experimental Forest administrators even sought ways of increasing the value of millet in Taiwan as a commercial crop. The forest's deputy director, Wei Chang, commissioned the help of NTU professor Lai Ximei to help him find solutions. The most common uses of millet we see now are millet congee and millet wine. However, if you're just going to continue doing the same old things, then the added value of this crop won't be very high. We have to give it new meaning, a new life. If Lai and others can find what makes millet unique, they can open the door for farmers to grow this crop and can create value for it within the market. A grain like this is so small. The approach I would advise taking is to think of it in whole grain terms. When it comes to the functional aspects of whole grain crops, a lot of that value is in the husk. 
I would advise doing an analysis of its fundamental components. We're in the early stage right now and planning short term. What we should be hoping for is to attract more indigenous people to grow millet. And in the medium term stage, we can cultivate these skills among more youth. As for the long term, we need to clearly structure the production chain. These diverse millet crops have found their way back home, but whether they can contribute to Taiwan's agricultural diversity remains to be seen. Genetic diversity is crucial to a stable food supply, particularly in the face of climate change. Researchers hope they can find a place for diverse millet crops on Taiwanese tables. A new NFT series aims to raise awareness by documenting the state of Taiwan's coral crisis. The NFTs, or digital artworks, will be created randomly based on the state of coral reefs around Taiwan. Biologists say coral up and down Taiwan is currently being catastrophically degraded by climate change. The new NFT project is a collaboration between the foundation and Asia University and will produce 660 unique works of digital art. These precious marine creatures need our protection. A special exhibition sponsored by Asia University and the Delta Foundation is harnessing tech trends with a new series of NFTs in support of a coral regeneration program. We're combining art, technology and ecology. I think it's a pioneering project on all three fronts, both in Taiwan and worldwide. Actually, in our northern waters, the coral warming pressure index reached a historic high. We haven't seen it like that for the last 30 years. Climate change is having an impact on ocean ecosystems. Surveys show that 2020 was the warmest year for the waters of Taiwan in recorded history. The Taiwan Environmental Information Association says in its Taiwan Coral Sampling Report that coral bleaching is happening up and down the coasts of the country. The Delta Foundation started an ocean health and welfare campaign in 2021. Working with professional ocean conservationists, they launched a regeneration project at the coral off Taiwan's northeast coast. Now they've teamed up with artist Liu Naiting, creator of the Generative Octopuses project. They'll use coding to observe the state of Taiwan's coral and create coral algorithms, randomly generating 660 unique NFTs. This is the first Taiwanese NFT made according to Coral Health and a new frontier for the promotion of marine conservation. Pasiwali is a word from the Amis tribe, which is one of the many Aboriginal tribes in Taiwan. It means go to the east, and eastern Taiwan is where the 5th Taiwan Pasiwali Festival was held. Organized by the Council of Indigenous Peoples, the music festival was held over the weekend after a two-year hiatus due to COVID. Performers from overseas were once again able to come to Taiwan and converge on this year's venue in Taidong Forest Park. Wearing traditional woven clothing and headscarves with tribal patterns, the performers dance to a rhythmic tune. Their audience, Minister of the Council of Indigenous Peoples, Yi Chang Parod, 
who gives them a thumbs up. After two years, we're finally able to invite performing troops to come once again. They include singers from our diplomatic ally, Palau, and outstanding performing groups from the Philippines and Malaysia. As Taiwan's epidemic prevention measures relax and borders open up, foreign groups were once again able to enter Taiwan to join the festivities. This year's event is held in Taidung with the theme of connection with other nations. In the festival's bazaar, foreign and local indigenous groups built five trouble huts, allowing visitors to enter and interact with diverse cultures. Many of the foreign performing groups that came here no longer have to learn the Chinese pronunciation. Everyone now say Pasiwali. This is the fifth Taiwan Pasiwali festival. Interestingly, five is pronounced Lima in the languages of many Austronesian peoples in and outside Taiwan. Having such things in common has allowed Taiwan's indigenous peoples to connect with their counterparts from Pacific nations. The purpose of the music festival is to enable both local and foreign indigenous singers and music groups to connect with each other through music.